Hello and welcome to Therapy Talks with Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Preche. Today's episode is about what is mental health. But first, let's check out our series. Therapy Talks with Taylor is a series dedicated to educating, inspiring, and uplifting others on different topics related to mental health. This series is designed to be transparent, authentic, and provide a safe space to discuss different topics. I'm your host, Taylor. I'm a multi-platform entrepreneur. I am a registered mental health counselor intern with the state of Florida. I am proud owner of a change within providing therapy services to individuals, couples, and families. I provide mental health workshops to local organizations and programs to educate others about mental health topics your host of Therapy Talks with Taylor, and additionally, I create resources in mental health apparel. Today's episode, we're going to be covering what is mental health, so defining what that term means, signs and symptoms that we might see when we notice someone struggling with their mental health, factors that contribute to our mental health, interventions, and resources. So what is mental health? It is all things that include our emotional, psychological, and social health. So our emotions. Now, a lot of times we just think of happy, sad, mad. Those are our emotions, but there's a whole spectrum of emotions that we have to cover. There's complexities in our emotional display. So that contributes to our mental health. Psychological, our organic chemistry of our brains, our you know thinking patterns, our behavioral models within our brain, our psychological health, and social, so how we interact with others. Mental health also affects how we think, feel, and act, and it determines how we respond to different environments. Mental health is at every stage of life. So for as young as toddlers, to as old as our elderly population, every walk of life, there's some form of mental health that it can be attributed to. Signs and symptoms. So when we talk about mental health and addressing someone that may be struggling with their mental health, here's some typical signs we may see. Now, this is not all of it. This is just a, a snapshot of what we could notice. Changes in sleep or eating patterns. So typically a person may be either have increase in their eating habits or a decrease in their eating habits. Increase in sleep or decrease in sleep. So typically they would you know, have their scheduled meals throughout the day, about five, six meals, and now they're only eating once or twice a day. That might be an alarming situation. If they typically get maybe six to seven hours of sleep a night, but now they're either oversleeping, you know, 12, 14 hours, or undersleeping like two or three. They might notice withdrawals from others or activities. So I might pull away from my friend group. I might not engage with others as I normally would. I might say no a lot frequently than if I had prior to me struggling with some form of mental health. Or I might used to be involved in everything at school. I was, you know, in drama. I was in National Honor Society. I was debate team. And now I'm not doing anything. So that might be a concerning sign we see. Apathetic. So I might have been a boisterous, engaging person, talk with my hands um, prior to something happening, and now I'm stoic. 
flat tone, very um, disengaged with my surroundings. Substance use could be a sign that something is going on. So whether it is increased in alcohol usage, um, smoking cigarettes or smoking uh, marijuana or vaping, or if there's any other drugs of that nature when a person wasn't doing that before. Changes in mood. And so we typically label that as mood swings, but not necessarily hormonal mood swings. But like if a person comes in had usually was an even demeanor, very calm, was able to get along with others, and then something may have happened, and now they're screaming, they're yelling, they're fighting, and they're combative with others. That might be a sign of a change in moods. Strain relationships with others. So I may have pulled away so much that my relationship with my family, with my romantic partner, with my friends are now altered or stressed in a way that I can't maintain that. There may be thoughts of self-harm or harm to others, and there might be a reduction in daily task performance. So I may not be able to have proper hygiene anymore because I might be struggling with something mental health-wise. So I might not brush my teeth or wash my hair or even take a shower or even care about my appearance. Um, and so these are some of the signs and symptoms to take note when we might look at ourselves or others who might be struggling with some form of mental health. So what are factors that contribute to this? It could be genetic. So predisposition based on chromosomes, based on hereditary. So for example, if I come from a family that everyone has anxiety, it dates back to grandparents and their grandparents all had some form of anxiety, I might have a strong likelihood of developing anxiety um, or just natural brain chemistry. So there are certain um, levels of neurotransmitters and hormones that we're all born with that depending on their levels organically, it may play a role in our mental health development. Life experiences. So if I come from a family that was very chaotic growing up, it was very unstable, volatile, I might develop something in my adulthood that will put me at risk of a mental health condition, or if I might develop more anxious attachments because I had a life experience that caused me not to feel secure. Family history, again, this is, you know, going linking to that genetic component of family history of mental health. So some people or some doctors may ask, okay, how would you describe your family for your nuclear family? So the parents or guardians that raised you, any siblings, how were their dispositions or extended family? If you had an aunt or uncle or a grandparent or grand you know, that had some form of mental health, that's kind of playing to the role of family history. And sometimes we might develop certain mental health um, conditions based on our environment. So I may get highly anxious or highly elevated in stress every time I step into work because there's some part of that environment that is a contributing to factor to my agitated state, whether it's the people there, whether it's the type of work. So it's being mindful that these are some of the four typical factors that play into mental health. Now there's probably more, but again, it's just a simple little snapshot. So what can we do? 
you know, we kind of get an idea of what is mental health, what plays a role in it, um, what are some signs and symptoms, but how, how do I handle it? How do I manage? And so the first main thing I always ask clients is on a scale from one to 10, how are we truly feeling about our life? One being, I need help now. I'm in crisis. I don't know how to cope. I don't know how to function. I know zero. So I know no skills. So that would be a one. To 10 being, I'm able to handle stress on my own. I got some skills. I got some insight. So you want to kind of assess on the spectrum of this, how are we really feeling? That will determine what type of interventions you might use, what type of coping skills you might try to um, have for yourself. And so here are six different, you know, interventions or skills that one can do if they find themselves in an agitated state or their mental health is being affected. That could be a simple breathing technique. So breathing in deeply, breathing out calmly. So for example, breathing in, holding the breath and releasing out through the mouth and doing that a few times. And so the idea is to kind of lower that heart rate to a baseline level to bring you out of that agitated state or a feeling of unrest. Positive movement is another one I always suggest to clients. And positive movement can be anything. That could be, I take a walk outside, I dance to my favorite song, I you know do yoga, I lift weights, I swim, something where you're moving your body in a positive way to kind of release those emotions out. Mindfulness, meditation. So these are for those individuals that can really sit down, sit with their thoughts and really process in a subconscious way. What is their agitatedness coming from? What are those feelings coming from? And have like that mindfulness meditation. And now with this, with the rise of mindfulness, you know, in our mainstream media, we see so many different apps and YouTube channels and videos about how to do this, you know, in a correct way where we're feeling that release. An age old technique that, especially if you're a writer, I suggest is journaling. And it can be as simple as I get my phone and I have a secure note or I go paper pen type of style. But the idea is that we're taking our thoughts out of our brain and putting it on paper. Now that can be scary, but the process of it means that I'm taking this negative emotion, I'm taking this anxiousness, this suppressive thoughts, this feelings of unrest out of my, you know, headspace, out of my mind, out of my body, and putting it on paper so that way I can feel, you know, a weight lifted. So that was that's the process of journaling. Thought record is, you know, a technique that some therapists use to kind of analyze our thinking patterns. So we may have a particular thinking pattern that may be harmful to ourselves. That may be hypercritical, um, negative self-talk. And so we will look at that thought and we'll list it down. And so we take that negative thought out on paper. It may be saying that I am ugly, for example. And so that would be that negative thought. And now I'm going to determine what's the replacement for that. So instead of saying I am ugly, I might say I am beautiful. 
And then that will be that negative thought to positive thought that I will be replacing. But it's kind of writing down those negative self-talk or negative doubts that may, you know, attribute to our thinking patterns that is preventing us from growing. And then a simple mood tracker might be helpful to see, I don't know what I'm feeling. I know I'm feeling things all over the place. So that sounds like you may be trying to get idea of how you're feeling at different times of day might be helpful. So it could be getting a calendar and really marking, you know, checking in with yourself. Okay, in the morning time, am I feeling more on a content spectrum of things or I'm feeling more agitated? around lunchtime or around, you know, at the end of the day before going to bed, trying to track where you're feeling the most agitated, where you're feeling the most unrest can be helpful in determining, you know, your moods and seeing if it's a particular time of day that's affecting it, or if it's a situation, do I feel more agitated at work or I feel more agitated visiting family. So having a mood tracker can help you understand where your feelings are coming from. And here are some helpful resources that are definitely very valid and are feeling very able um, to look at different um, content and where do I go? I need help. Um, recently this year, the National Hotline for Suicide Prevention switched their number. So it's a three-digit number now. Call or text 988, and it's 24-7, 365. If you're in extreme crisis right now, don't know what to do. It's a wonderful tool, resource to use. Um, we have several different sites right here. We have mentalhealth.gov, National Alliance of Mental Health mental illness, National Institute of Mental Health, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and Psychology Today. Um, all these are great resources on the national spectrum to kind of figure out what do I do when I need help? I have, you know, a friend, a family, or even myself, where do I turn to help? And all of these sources are really good, especially, for example, Psychology Today is one of the many directories of finding a therapist or counselor near you. Um, you just upload the website, put in your zip code or putting um, your state and you can find a therapist that can serve your needs. Um, and I'll be sure throughout the series list different um, therapy directories. So if you're looking for a therapist near you, you can say, okay, maybe not psychology today, but I could try a different one. So hopefully we learned something. Um, so connect with me for therapy, coaching, mental health workshops. You know, of course, I'm on Instagram. This is my email, my website, my number. Um, and I'm on Etsy, too, for different mental health resources and apparels. But I want to leave this um, talk today knowing that this is not how your story ends. And I'll be sure to end every video with this saying it's because that sometimes when we're struggling with mental health or we have so much weight on our shoulders or we haven't really processed something, we may feel like, okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm ready to check out. This is too much. But I'm here to remind you that despite the challenges, despite the worries, despite the, the hardships, this is not how your story ends. You have time to change it. You have time on your side to improve, you know, and to make a different chapter. Music